This is Sports Jam. I'm Doug Doyle, and my guest today is a very special guy, Pittsburgh rocker, sports fan, educator, Joe Groshecki, who will be performing at the Light of Day Foundation's Winterfest 2023. Joe certainly has a huge Jersey Shore fan base as well, being connected with Bruce Springsteen since 1980. Guitarist, singer, songwriter, and as I mentioned, educator. He teaches special education at Still Rocks High School in Pittsburgh. We welcome Joe Grishecki to Sports Jam. Great to see you, Joe. Pleasure's all mine. Glad to be here. Over the course of 23 years, the Light of Day Fundraising Concert Series has raised more than $6 million to combat Parkinson's disease, ALS, and PSP. The first official Light of Day concert was held at Asbury Park's famed Stone Pony in November of 2000 and primarily featured local unsigned artists. The critically acclaimed Pittsburgh-based band Joe Grishecki and the House Rockers, managed by Bob Benjamin, headlined that show, which featured a surprise appearance by the one and only Bruce Springsteen, who joined the House Rockers for a raucous hour-long set. Now, this concert series has certainly blossomed since then, and it's really all what Joe Krasicki is all about, giving back through his music and his love of teaching. And much like E Street Band lead guitarist Stephen Van Zandt, who I spoke to not that long ago about his Teach Rock Foundation, Joe knows the power of education. Joe, you've been that special education teacher for many years. You know how important it is to teach kids. You know, teaching uh, uh, is is really a noble profession. It, it's very hard to do in this day and age, obviously, with all the controversies swirling around. And, and uh, you know, kids coming back from COVID have been a little bit tough. But, um, you know, you need an education. You know, you need, you need something to do. And I like to think that, you know, a big part of the education is passing, you know, what we do, what we do as Americans, what we do as people, what we do as uh individuals uh passing it on to the next generation along with the x and o's uh, history and you know geography and math and all that stuff I, I i firmly believe that you know uh part of the big thing is is to prepare people to have a better life you know music is a great part of that music and the arts i i, I don't think you can discount the arts i think it's a very very important uh part of education anyone's education it often gets overlooked, you know, and it, because, uh, you know, man, I, I, I don't remember the algebra class. I, I was sitting in in eighth grade, but, man, I still remember all the songs, you know, so. Yeah, and as I mentioned to you before we started, my daughter teaches special education in the Neptune School District, and all it takes is play a song, and those kids start to move and have lots of fun, and she knows uh, how difficult the job that you've had for many years being in special ed, but it's so important, isn't it, Joe? Well, I started out uh, when I w was a young man. When I got out of college, I started out, uh, they, they passed the right to education law uh, when I graduated from college. And I, I went in, I was the first wave into the uh, 
the they called them the um, institutes for the mentally retarded at that point, you know. And uh, you know, I, I went in with kids who, you know, were eighteen, nineteen years old, and you know, not toilet trained, couldn't feed themselves. I did that for about almost three years, and uh, actually funded my rock and roll dreams. I was single. I was saving, putting my money away, making demos, buying equipment. Uh, so I financed my, my rock and roll dreams through special education. Rock and roll dreams is something that you have, you know, put together through a wonderful career, being able to be a teacher by day and a rocker by night. And during these Light of Day Winterfest 2023 concerts, you're going to be involved in three of them. Friday night, you're going to be with the uh, Asbury Angels induction. And that will be at the Stone Pony in Asbury Park. Uh, shortly before seven o'clock, and that will include a, a really great lineup, including your band, Joe Krasheki and the House Rockers. Then the big day is Saturday, January 14th, because that is Bob's birthday bash. Bob referring to Bob Benjamin, who has been your a longtime manager, and uh, it's the main event. And the lineup, I was thrilled to see that John Waite has just been added, and believe it or not, my Lady Rose and I just had a meet and greet with John Waite at the City Winery in New York City less than two weeks ago, and uh, he was fantastic, Joe. Yeah, he's out playing now, so he's, he was just in uh, in the suburbs of Pittsburgh, either coming or, or just was just here, you know, so, you know, and he has a great, great catalog, especially, you know, Missing You, what, what a classic song. Why do you do the Winterfest series because it's been a big part of your life for so long well um bob benjamin who was my manager at the time found out that he contracted parkinson's disease uh when he was 40 years old which is rather young and uh he decided you know he was a very strong-willed individual um had a lot of friends in the music community in new jersey he was managing me at the time and he called us together to uh play the stone pony uh, to raise money for awareness for parkinson's and uh you know donate to the to whatever organizations that were um doing the research and, and for funding and um bruce and i had been working you know, pretty closely together for a few years. And uh, I called Bruce up and asked him to come down and play. And from that first night, you know, it, it took off. And, uh, you know, 23 years later, we're still going at it. And, it, and it's, it's really something to see how insidious the disease is and how it's robbed Bob of his, his individual freedom, you know, of movement and being able to speak. And, uh, uh, you know, he's no longer able to manage me and he's, he's no longer able to get get around. And this is, you know, a bull of a guy, you know, so it it's 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 been sad uh, to, to watch how that disease has robbed him of a lot of things, but also inspiring because, you know, he's he still shows up and inspires all of us to uh, to do this. You know, and and besides that, it's a hell of a good time. You know, it's it's a lot of fun. And you also have another event coming up as part of the Winterfest, uh, where you'll be uh, there with a number of other performers. 
and that will be at Tim McLuhan's Supper Club in Asbury Park. So you'll want to check out the schedule for the Light of Day Winterfest concert series, and you'll be able to check out the nights that uh, Joe will be performing. The Sunday night is a, um, a acoustic night, so some songwriters in around. It's always uh, you know a lot of fun. You know, get to play some songs that you know get to play with the band, and uh, you know it's very intimate. People are you know sitting right there you know, two feet away from you. So it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. The whole weekend's a blast, you know, people who have been there before, you know, just come back. Uh, and it is really, it's really been a highlight of our year every year, for, uh, like I said, for the last 23 years. So, uh, you know, we're very happy to be there and excited to do it one more time. And you mentioned songwriting. It, it is such a big part of Joe Krasicki. You and Bruce Springsteen have collaborated on songs, but when you think about writing songs, what, what inspires you? Where does that come from? Well, I'm the type of writer that that um, I write from experience and what's going on in the world around me, you know, be it my family, my friends, my community, you know, what's happening in the world at that particular time. That, that's where I get my inf- inspiration from. Uh, uh you know, I'm not a guy who's, who's who uh, takes off on flights of fancy. You know, right? It's about uh, I mean, with swashbuckling heroes and another uh, you know galaxy and stuff like that. I, I I'm rooted <laughs> for better, worse in reality. And uh, so uh, once I found uh, a tap, I found tapped into that source of you know just like real life and observing what was going on around me, uh, then I was able to, to to start writing some good songs. I always dabbled in writing because I picked up the guitars when the Beatles came out, and the Beatles played uh, covers and originals. So, you know, I played covers, and I tried to write originals from the first day I picked up the guitar. Most of my guys, uh, in my little neighborhood we were all playing some something original because we only knew two or three chords we couldn't play that many songs <laughs> making it up as we went along But when you started playing all the way back to the Iron City House Rockers, your debut album, Love So Tough, and then all the way to Joe Grishecki and the House Rockers, and then American Babylon, to your most recent albums, you've experienced praise from Rolling Stone from the very beginning, and more importantly, praise from your peers. And when you're performing on stage with Little Steven and, and Bruce Springsteen, you know that you're at the top of your game, and uh, they wouldn't be on stage with Joe Grishecki if they didn't appreciate the talent. You know, some of my favorite songs that you and Springsteen have performed together are That's What Makes This Great, Light of Day, and Never Be Enough Time. I want to talk, though, about That's What Makes Us Great. Don't tell me you Sell it as a fact I've been down that road before And I ain't going back And don't you brag to me 
that you never read a book I never put my faith in a con man and his crooks I won't follow down that path and tip the hands of faith I'll let you turn this thing around before it gets too late The lyrics and the message is one that we can all use in these troubled times. Can you talk a little bit more about the writing of That's What Makes Us Great? I've worked with special needs people my whole life. I've always had a soft spot in my heart for them. And it might be because um, my uncle was cerebral palsy. And uh, my best friend, when I was growing up, had two really severely handicapped uh, siblings, a brother and a sister. And, you know, my heart just always went out to them. And, uh, you know, uh, I always just felt, well, for the grace of God, there goes for, goes one of us, you know. And um, when the former president actually came out and made fun of a... Um, handicapped person I, I was appalled by it and it sort of uh spurred me to to write that you know what makes our country great is you know all the values we hold dear uh, you know I, I'd like to see us more together other than torn apart you know I think I think everybody's stronger together th than we are apart and uh, I, I just you know it was one of those songs that just came to me I you know out of the out of the sky, you know, it's, it's one of those ones where you just boom, all of a sudden it's there. You know, you can't explain it. And um, as far as I remember, I, I, I probably put it on, a, you know, uh, recorded it on my phone or something and text Bruce with it. And he, he loved it right off the bat. He said, Oh, yeah, let's, let's do this. So, so I sent it up to him. Uh, you know, this is one of the ones we did. We weren't in the same room at the same time uh, through the you know, water technology, but he, he jumped on it right away. My band played it. Uh, you know, he, he sang, I think he sang two verses on it. I think he sang, did more singing than I did on it. But, uh, you know, it was just, uh, it was a really exciting song too. You know, it, it was really very powerful. So, uh, you know, it, it served its purpose. I think, you know, it was sort of a rallying call. When you think about uh, this relationship that you've had with the boss, Bruce Springsteen, it goes way back to 1980 in New York City. What, what was that first meeting like? And why do you two guys get along so well? Well, uh, it, Steve Van Zandt produced uh, the Iron City House Rockers. He, he, he did the Junior's Bar, a song called Blondie, uh, one called Angela, mm, Running Scared. So he, he produced almost a quarter of that record. And um, he, he, he he backed off from it to, to go. They were working. We were media sound. And he was, Bruce was working down the street a couple blocks away at the power station. And Stephen went to, um, he had commitments with Bruce, so he, he, he went and started working full-time with Bruce. They were doing the river. And Bruce, um, uh, I guess Stephen told Bruce about our band. 
Mick Ronson also worked on that record along with Ian Hunter. So it was just you know, a thrill of a lifetime to work with all three of those guys. Mick was also working at Power Station with a meatloaf record that they were trying to to uh, the, the meatloaf to fall off the bed out of hell. So he invited me down one night and I ran into Bruce and, uh, you know, Steve knew me and he introduced me to Bruce. And then, uh, you know, a short time later, Bruce came to see us play at um, Big Man's. We had a couple of night stand booked at Big Man's West in Red Bank. And he'd come up and j- jammed with us and we just hung out and, you know, we had a lot of things in common. You know, I was probably playing the same songs back here in Pittsburgh in the bars that he was playing when he was growing up. We both had working class backgrounds, uh, you know, come from economically disadvantaged households. And, uh, you know, we just we just clicked on a lot of levels and we just became friends. You know, you can't explain how you become friends with somebody. You know, it's just it was just, you know, it was a very, very uh, casual easy relationship and and uh fast forward about five years uh, my career wasn't going too fast and my wife suggested said why don't you give bruce a call you guys have been friends all these years and maybe he'll play guitar on a song for you and i said so um to make a long story short bruce and i got in touch he invited me to uh, los angeles where he was living at the time and and we we cut um chain smoking and never be enough time and then we were having such a good time. Bruce kept kept going with it. So we did Homestead, which was our first co-write together. And then we eventually finished off the record and, and kept up our uh, our friendship and our, our writing uh, writing partnership. I was born in cold fields of Kentucky. I moved north in 73. The war was still going strong, so I found a job. Rolling still in a foundry in Homestead. I worked beside a guy named Rubowski who taught me how to keep safe. He said, There's many a man who lost the fingers from their hand. You can end up crippled or dead in homestead. So, you know, it's, it's, we've been good friends for since 80, particularly since 95, since, you know, when he did the record with us. And we, we got to be very close. And, uh, you know, we, we we did songwriting sessions that lasted for days at a time, and you know we were just good friends. You know, we, we enjoy each other's company, and he he's he's a good guy to hang with. He's he's a lot of fun. All you have to do is go to YouTube, and you can see so many different uh, performances of Joe and Bruce together, and you can see it's magical the connection, the energy both have, and. And they're really having a good time on stage, which is really what music is all about. You know, Bruce Bruce described it one time. He said, when we're playing together, it, it, it takes the pressure off, you know, because he, he's not singing every song. He doesn't have to carry his show. And we let him play play a lot of guitar. And, you know, he has he's a great guitarist, and he has a lot of fun playing guitar. So, you know, it's always a good time. We'll play together, I think it's about 75 times at this point. And it's always, always a lot of fun. You know, some of the best, best shows in my whole entire life, you know. Our guest here on Sports Jam is 
Pittsburgh-based rocker and sports fan Joe Grishecki. Uh, we have some things in common. He went to Norwin High School, and I went to Franklin Regional, not far away. Not we far played Nor. Yeah, yep. we played Norwin in basketball when I was playing uh, uh, at Franklin Regional. And also, uh, speaking of Franklin, uh, your second guitarist in the uh, Iron City House Rockers, Eddie Britt, uh, right. got that little little nugget. He went to Franklin, got that nugget from uh, Tom Skeena, my classmate, who uh, is a guitarist, and he knew all about. Joe Grishecki and the House Rockers and Eddie Britt. Oh, Eddie was a great guitar player. Really, really good. And I see you have a Manny Sanguine shirt behind you. We were just hanging out with Manny down at the Clemente Museum uh, last summer. They had a benefit at the Clemente Museum. And uh, Manny's still kicking. Uh, and Steve Blass, I don't know if you remember him or not. But, oh, uh, yes. So we, we were hanging with Manny and Steve down at the Clemente Museum. So, you know, that number 21, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is the greatest Pittsburgh athlete of all time. He's the best baseball player I ever saw. And when I was growing up, baseball was king here. That is hit well. A Clemente home run, and the Pirates lead one to nothing. It looked like he hit a breaking pitch right over the plate. That's his 12th hit. He's one short now, tying Bobby Richardson's all-time World Series record of 13 hits in a seven-game World Series. couple of stories for you. Um, Manny Sanguin is my favorite pirate of all time, by the way. So when I finally got to meet him after 40 years, it was at the Roberto Clemente musical, and I was invited to go down and meet the Clemente family, as well as uh, knew Manny was going to be there, and his daughter was there with him. But... Um, my lady Rose will tell you when I saw Manny, I turned into an eight year old. I, I didn't know what to say because he was my idol growing up. Great guy, too, isn't he? He, re he really is. And I had Vera Clemente on Sports Jam uh, talking about, uh, you know, how Roberto couldn't even get out of bed. Um, and uh, he would go and still star on the field, but how he was a Calypso dancing fan. He loved Calypso music. You know what? If, if, do yourself a favor and come visit the Clemente Museum here in Pittsburgh. You, if you love Roberto Clemente, I mean, it's magical. You know, there's so much, you know, you can spend a whole day there looking at Clemente stuff. It's real, really a, a good time. All this memorabilia behind me here uh, is in honor of Joe Grishecki because he's a Pittsburgh sports fan as well. So you talked a little bit about Roberto being, you know, the, the greatest. Who... Did you really like watching play? And it, you can pick the sport uh, in Pittsburgh. Who is somebody that, you know, when you watched, you said, well, this might even inspire a song? Well, you know, Clemente, when, like I said, when I was growing up, baseball was king. I liked football too, but Pittsburgh wasn't that uh, noted for football when I was growing up. We had losing team after losing team until Franco made that immaculate reception. But, you know, this, the whole sports thing is, is um, part of the fabric here in Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh's a sports city. You know, people are crazy about their their, uh, their sports idols here. And, uh, you know, like I said previously, probably Clemente was – was the guy who captured my imagination the most because I just thought he was, you know, he was, he was just like watching, um, uh, you know, just an artist play, you know, he was just, he was just great. And then uh, over the years, I, I got to be friends with more of the Steelers because the Steelers, um, more of them lived in Pittsburgh. 
I'm friends with Steve Blast. Steve is buddy. Uh, you know, uh, they said we were hanging with Manny a couple times. Um, you know, so all those guys, you know, Lynn Swan and Jack Lambert, Jack Ham, and Franco and Rocky. You know, they're they're just they're just part of the city here. You know, they blend in. It's part. It's it, Pittsburgh has a lot of pride in its uh, it, its athletes. And, and my my kids are are hockey crazy you know Lemieux and uh Cosby you know just crazy about hockey they've been going to see hockey games since since they could walk basically so uh yeah Pittsburgh's a huge sports town you know and uh, uh you know just part of the living here you know is, is it, the Steelers uh when they were at their prime were just like the toughness of the city because it was a very, very tough city when I was growing up. As you know, you know the suburbs were like in those days, right? Sure. Gun rack in the back thing. But, you know, the, the, the town itself, when we first started, we were playing six, seven nights a week. No, it's not seven because everything was closed on Sundays because of the blue laws. You know, five, six nights a week. And, um, you know, the bars were tough, you know. And uh, if, if the Steelers were on, forget it. You know, you don't bother, don't bother showing up because nobody's, nobody's going to be out to the bars. Everybody's watching theater games. And uh, it was, it, we were playing the night that the, the, the uh, Pirates won their last World Series with, with Stargell. And uh, we were playing in a bar in Oakland and it was just, it was pandemonium. It was, it was really a lot of fun. So, so all, all you know, the the city itself has influenced my music, and and the sports influenced as the city. Baltimore on top, one to nothing to Willie Stargell. First baseman, that McGregor changeup that you've seen so much of tonight hit well, right field. Singleton to the wall, and it's this ball gone. is gone. Willie Stargell, the big man. Seven times he had come to the plate in this series with runners in scoring position and failed. But suddenly, and we said this would be a testing inning for the young southpaw, suddenly with one swing in the race in the wake of Robinson's bad hop single, turns it around for the moment. Now the Pirates, they're a happy bunch. Yeah, what a great uh, moment that had to be playing and rocking out as Pops Willie Stargell and the 79 Pirates, and he sang game, was a part of that team. They yep. went on to win the uh, the World Series. A couple of notes for me remembering growing up was when I went to elementary school at White Valley, I had the opportunity to watch the great Mike Webster run with his great Dane. And I remember seeing this incredible man with all this muscle and strength. And uh, we know that his life turned out to be a, a real tragedy, but a Hall of Fame center for the Steelers and one of the greatest of, uh, of all time. Uh, the small helmet behind me is Franco's helmet uh, that you have there, Joe. And of course, um, for me, the probably the, the most surprising moment, other than, of course, the Immaculate Reception with Franco, was when Mario Lemieux did bring a Stanley Cup to Pittsburgh. In fact, back-to-back Stanley Cup championship. So uh, we have his little bobblehead behind me here. You might be able to see just in honor of uh, Mario. I never thought the Penguins would ever win anything, Joe, and he turned it all around. And we were playing the night they won too, the first first time. And, and uh, 
actually my my wife left left the gig and drove out to the airport with a bunch of uh friends to, to see them land when they came back i i got a picture lifting the cup up i was we were buddies with um billy garen when he came to town when billy won those those two with 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 sid so um yeah, we you know we, we I got pictures with Super Bowl rings and uh, you know so was, we played the last night of um, the Pirates in th- Three Rivers. Uh, we did an All Star gig and and I took my son. He was a little tyke at the time. I took him around and you know it was like uh, you know I hate to say this but it was like being in church. You know it was quiet and people you you know you could see people crying <laughs> and not. You know, I, I was just taking them around, showing them, you know, where all these great things happened. And then we were also lucky enough, uh, we got invited to play the very last Steeler game at Three Rivers. They blew it up two days later, right? And uh, after we were done playing, they gave us complete run of the place. So we, we ended up, my son and I, who again was, you know, about 10 years old, 11 years old at the time, uh, we're standing on um, the sidelines with the guys moving the chains for, for the game. And, and when they brought out the old Steelers and, you know, all the Hall of Famers, we were standing right there with them. It was it was just a, a moment I'll never forget. Uh, so it, it was it was really great. And also one other sports memory for me, since we were talking sports, is uh, Bruce, my son, and Bruce's son, went to a Yankees game at the old Yankee stadium and we got invited back in the clubhouse and we, we still have the baseballs and everything that uh, you know, all the guys uh, autographed really a thrill of a lifetime. You know, who did you meet there? Uh, we met Roger Clemens, um, Bernie, the guy who plays the guitar. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Williams. He's been a guest here on sports. Uh, GM, Joe. We, we met Bernie, Joe Torrey, Paul Paul O'Neill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, those were the good days. Yeah. Jeter. Absolutely. So that had to be a thrill to go and oh, and meet them. God, it's unbelievable. So. You know, there is that connection, Joe, between musicians and athletes. You're both performers. You know, you know what it takes to be in the moment and having to really, you know, hit your stride. Is, well, is that what it's all about, that there's this mutual admiration for sports athletes and, and musicians? Uh, I was talking in class the other day. We were talking. We were doing uh, stuff about black literature with a bunch of high school kids. And I had some athletes in the room. And I, I said, I said, in my opinion, the, the two, one of the two, two of the biggest factors in integration were sports and music. I says, because if you could play sports and you could play music, it doesn't matter what color you are. You're accepted. You know, you're accepted by by your peers. And uh, maybe it's because it's a performance-driven uh, occupation. And, and uh, musicians are lucky because they, they have a longer shelf life. But, you know, you have to put a lot of time and effort in to be that good enough to be accepted by people, you know, that you could go out and play anywhere and say, hey, you know, I can hold my own. And same with athletes. I mean, you know, you have to, you know, 
raw talent only gets you so far, you know. Uh, you put talent together with hard work, and there's nothing that you can't accomplish. So that that's that's what I think. I think you know if you know I've always played in integrated bands, of you know, uh, and uh, you know, I always felt comfortable because you know I know I could play music, and you know people they get they could get that thing from the heart, you know. And I think I think the that the athletes that are really great uh, have that same drive and same feeling. You know, they want to be really, really good at what they do. We just have a couple of minutes left here on Sports Jam. I have to ask you because I work for WBGO, the world's greatest jazz station. Has jazz ever influenced your music in any way? Oh, yeah, 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 all the time, you know. Uh, Probably back in the the early 70s, I I sort of made – you know, I was floundering around, not floundering around, but I, I was trying to find myself. And I was playing jazz, not that I'm good at it. I, I mean, I'm, I'm a rock and roll guy, jazz and blues. You know, that's 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 the lifeline of American music. And, uh, you know, I, I listened to all that stuff, Miles Davis and Coltrane. And, uh, you know, I'm a big Kenny Burrell fan, West Montgomery, you know, all that classic stuff. I listened to it a lot more when I was younger, but actually lately I've been getting back into it. Hmm. I'm not surprised at all because uh, you can tell by uh, your love of this music, the history and uh, everything that is uh, going about it. And if you want to catch Joe Krasicki and the house rockers, you have a great chance to do so because he will be in our area with three performances as part of the light of day foundations, Winterfest 2023. First one is Friday night, January 13th at the Stone Pony. Then Saturday will be at uh, the Count Basie Theater, the Hackensack Meridian Health Theater there at the Count Basie uh, Center in Red Bank. That'll be at 6.30. And then on Sunday, after that, will be the Light of Day Winterfest 2023. And as Joe mentioned, that will be an acoustic set that you won't want to miss. So as we wrap up this edition of Sports Jam, Joe, is there something that, you've yet to do because you've done so much that you would still want to do either musically or as a teacher. Uh, as a teacher, I'm, I'm starting to wind down because, you know, uh, I've done about, you know, most jobs you, you could do at this point, you know, everything from, uh, you know, having kids who, who need the total care to having uh, to teaching all subjects to all grades in a self-contained classroom uh, to now I'm I'm sort of just monitoring monitoring students uh, grades at this point so I'm, I'm I plan on retiring from teaching after this year but you know musically I'm working on a new record uh you know I think it's the best thing I've done probably since American Babylon and uh, I'm really excited about it and uh you know, I'd love to have a hit record, man. I'd love to hit, have a song that everybody says, oh, that's a Joe Grusecki song, you know, uh, that everybody, you know, a large audience would would appreciate. Got a lot of confidence in that happening. And uh, you have to check out Joe Grusecki and the House Rockers and all the tunes that we've mentioned and the albums like American Babylon as well and his connection with Bruce Springsteen. On behalf of my buddy, Tom Skeen, who I mentioned uh guitarist and our own little band that we put together from high school 
Thanks for all the music you have provided, not only for Pittsburgh, but the Jersey Shore. Continued success, and we look for that big hit coming about from Joe Grishecki. All right, well, thank you. I appreciate it, and I had a great time. Sports Jam is a WBGO Studios production. You can check out all the past shows by going to wbgo.org slash sportsjam or wbgo.org slash studios. You can also find Sports Jam with Doug Doyle on the NPR list of podcasts or wherever you hear podcasts. Until our next Sports Jam session, I'll see you at the game.